Hey guys, welcome to the One and Done Podcast, where it's all about young people being successful in business early in life. We're recording today from the Rollo Insurance Studio in College Station, Texas, and we're excited to have y'all with us today. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode number seven of the One and Done Podcast. Uh, super special guest today, uh, my my man, one of my one of my good buddies, uh, two time NBA champion, Mister Norris Cole. Norris, appreciate you joining the show today. Appreciate it, Jack. Glad to be here. Absolutely, man. So, you know, I reached out to Norris and we had talked a little bit. He sent me one of his podcasts. I sent him mine and we were like, hey, man, how can we how can we do something where we get each other on on a podcast? So I said, well, hey, we'll, we'll set you up and we'll get you on. And, and uh, that's what we're doing today. But, you know, Norris, he is overseas playing right now. How do you say how do you say the team name that you're playing for? Asvel. Asvel. OK, so playing for mm-hmm. Asvel over there uh, in, in Euro, Euro League midseason right now. So he's in between yep. games. You got a game tomorrow and then again the next day. So. We caught him right in between games, but I wanted to bring Norris on right with the with the professional basketball background. Kind of the background of this podcast is that that competitive nature of sports, but how that benefits you in business. And so I wanted to bring you on not only as a businessman, but also as a professional athlete to kind of talk about some of the characteristics that really uh, make people in my business successful and in, in you know white collar businesses, but also in your business successful. So you know, t- give everybody a little background on who you are in case somebody doesn't know who you are, and we'll get into it. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm Norris Cole. Um, I'm in my t- tenth season playing professional basketball. Um, I played, you know, obviously I played for the Miami Heat. We won two back-to-back NBA championships um, from Dayton, Ohio. Um, I graduated from Cleveland State, Ohio, with a degree in health science. Um, I'm a member of uh, Church of Christ, as my brother Jackson is, um, <laughs> which is always cool. And I'm, and I'm, a, I'm a young, I'm a young man that's in the middle of my professional field, but I'm also a young man that's looking to grow. Um, and so that's why I'm happy me and Jackson's path have, uh, you know, we've met, you know, we've become good buddies, good friends. And now I'm here on the podcast here to talk to you guys. Absolutely, man. Well, Hey, Cleveland state, they're not doing too bad. They play what tonight in the championship game or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They, so. uh, the final, I think it's the finals or the final four of the horizon league. Yeah. In, so. uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, they need to win that to get in the tournament. But uh, yeah, so so you know, Norris with that extensive background in professional sports, right? And the, and the idea of this podcast being rooted in, in sports and the competitive nature you you kind of get from playing sports. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit about some of the characteristics that you had to have when you were on the Heat or just right now playing professional basketball. What are some of the characteristics that you had to uh, develop throughout your professional basketball career? And then we're going to talk about how those relate to business. Yeah, so even before I got to the NBA, what gave me a chance to get there was my discipline. At first, you know, I mean, growing up, I knew what discipline was, but I didn't know what discipline meant as an athlete. You know, growing up, discipline is, you know, you do what your parents say do or you get disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> but really, in reality, what they taught me was discipline is, you know, doing the right thing and doing what you're supposed to do without someone having to remind you or tell you. And so... What helped me to get to my level um, sports-wise was the discipline of working out, the discipline of training, the discipline of eating right, and the discipline of resting, getting my recovery. No one ever had to – once I got to my freshman year and I saw – you know, I was struggling a little bit my freshman year, but once I saw how the good players on our team, how they responded, and I studied other good players around the country and in the NBA, I noticed that no one has to tell them to – work out no one has to tell them when to wake up no one has to tell them when to get their rest they do that all on their own 
And so discipline was the first thing that helped me on my path to becoming, you know, an NBA player. And then after discipline, I would say consistency, because, you know, sometimes you see people, they make resolutions and say, all right, today I'm going to start eating right. Or this year I'm going to start working out. And they do it for like two weeks <laughs> or they do it for like one week or, or a month. You know, consistency is doing is doing what you're supposed to do just that consistently every day, every week, every month. Months turn into years. And when I did when I did that um my four years in Cleveland State, that discipline of working out, that discipline of training, that discipline of putting my reps in, doing all of those things consistently, I became a, a much, much better athlete and a much, much better player. And so I think discipline and consistency are two of the most important things in any field. You know, obviously you have to be educated on whatever your field is. So, you know, I, I, I studied a lot of basketball players, but even if you're a lawyer or a doctor, whatever, whatever your field is, you have to obviously have an education base and educate yourself. But education without application is nothing. Absolutely. You know, so, and so for me, Discipline and consistency, putting that discipline into action consistently, those are the two most important things for me. Yeah, man. So, you know, I think that when you take that and you put that into business, and I want to hear your your spin on how that would relate to business, because if you don't know, Norris, oh, yeah. Norris is a businessman <laughs> too. He, he don't just play basketball. But, um, you know, when you're thinking about that, I thought that that was excellent because you're talking about your days at Cleveland State, right? And I would I would compare mm-hmm. that to being in college, right? If you're, if you're If you're listening to this and you're in college, which is our target audience, what do you need to do to whenever it comes draft time, right? Or whenever it comes time for you to go get a job to be successful, that consistency and discipline in everything you do, whether that's in school, look, school, man, school is school. School is tough for some yes, people, sir. not so much for other people, but that discipline and consistency in studying and in getting better every day. And if you know what field you want to go into, you could, like you said, if it's, you know, if it's, if it's insurance or real estate or basketball, whatever it is, study people in that field, get to know that field. That way, when you get to the NBA, it's already ingrained in you. I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to get better every day. And I'm going to be consistent in my routine and doing that. those things. That's going to set you up for a lifetime of success in business. Absolutely. Studying the right people is definitely important. You know, it's funny. You hear a lot of people say they want to get better at something, but then you ask, have you talked to anybody in that field? And they tell you no. And so, you know, one of the best ways of getting ahead is knowing the right people and communicating with the right people. Because one of the reasons that I knew what to do is because I studied from guys before me who had already done it. Because, you know, anybody can work out. Anybody can study. But it's not about working out and studying. It's about working out and studying in the proper way. You know, you don't need to read a whole book in order to learn the book and learn that field. But it takes some time, someone telling you that, like, yo, you don't need to read that whole book. This is what you need to read. You need to read, you know, the thesis you need to read the intro and then you need to probably start from the bottom, you know, the conclusion. That way you have an idea of what you're dealing with so that you know how to study. And so that's what I did. I learned how to train, not just to go in the gym and just put shots up, but I learned specifically how to train. And then, so I trained myself properly and that goes into the business field. You know, whenever you get your degree or while you're working, while you're working to get your degree, meet people, talk to the professor, you know, call you know, if you're into insurance, call Rolo Insurance and ask do they have internships and seeking, can they come up there and meet you or meet your father? You know, because when you know the right people, you can get the right instructions, you know, because there, there is a such thing of, you know, working harder and then working smarter. Yeah. And it's it's important to work hard and smart, not just hard, because Absolutely. sometimes you can, 
you can work real hard and not make any progress. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and that's and I think that's awesome too because you think about sports, right? And like the coaches, and I would love to hear about some coaches that had a big impact on you and kind of what they did to impact you. But you think about that if you're in business and you're young and you're getting into a business, find a mentor, right? That's absolutely. a coach. Find a mentor absolutely. who's going to help you in that specific industry. And you can if you can start that at 20 years old Whew. in college in an internship. You will be so much. You'd be like, you'd be like LeBron James, right? Coming out of high school, everybody want to draft you, right? So that that'll be exactly. <laughs> nah, it what definitely, like. it definitely helps a lot. And even if you don't get an internship, the one thing that social media has allowed us to do is to be in contact with people that we normally probably wouldn't be in contact with. And so you can reach out to some of these, you know, gurus is what I call them. And some will reply, some won't. But the only way you'll know is if you reach out to them, and if you consistently reach out to them, they might. They might not see your message the first two, three, four, five times, especially if they're big time. But, you know, if you stay resilient, you know, you never know. You, you reach out and use your, your social media platform sometime or your email platforms and you reach out to one of these gurus and that could be your way in. And so you yeah, having an open mind and being able to find the right people to teach you the right discipline and the right consistent actions. I think that plays a key role into getting ahead in business. So Norris, man, tell me, tell me about some coaches in your life that were impactful in your life and that then let's kind of use those coaches. We're talking about mentors. Let's talk, let's use those coaches as more of like bosses, right? So not the mentor as much, but as a boss, talk about some coaches and what, what you look for maybe at Cleveland state or at the heat or wherever you were going, what you look for in a coach that kind of helped you make that decision as to where you wanted to be. I would say my, my Cleveland state coach, Gary Waters probably played the biggest key in my success. You know, other than my parents, obviously. Um, Gary Waters, you know, he taught me that discipline. Um, he taught me how to train, what it meant to truly be in shape. Um, he also taught me to be, you know, well-rounded. Um, he, he wasn't a coach that just talked about basketball. He talked about, you know, being a productive man in society. And so, you know, we would have classes and learn about different people like Tony Dungy and, you know, Tiger Woods and, the great coach, um, John Wooden, out in UCLA. And, you know, these are all individuals who were great at their crafts, but they were they were great human beings as far as off the court and how they made other people better and they served their communities and things like that. And so, you know, we, he, he was probably the most instrumental in my success as a player because he dealt with the physical and the mental aspect. And when the mental aspect is right, your natural physical gifts – Will, will automatically show, and that's what happened to me. And as far as business is concerned, it's the same way. If you're a guy who's really good with crunching numbers and you get yourself a, a good mentor or a professor who can teach you how to take that talent into economics or take that talent into statistics and graphing or whatever or into insurance, you take your talent of being able to remember and crunching numbers and organize that talent you can become a special agent. You know, you can become very special as an accountant or as a banker, as a wealth manager, you know, but that's your natural talent. But having that teacher, having that professor, having that quote unquote, you know, boss or whatever, that coach to organize your talent, that definitely will help you move in the right direction. And I think, you know, all of us have a talent. Everyone has a talent, whether it's, you know, drawing, singing, like I said, remembering, multiplying, crunching numbers, organizing, but you have to put that talent into some sort of structure in order to have a profitable business. 
And I think having that coach, having that guru is what will help you do that. And Gary Waters was that guy for me. Because once, once I left Cleveland State, I had other good coaches, but the foundation that he laid, the foundation allowed for me to be able to take on whatever the other coaches brought to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know, one thing too that I'm I'm sitting here as I'm sitting here thinking about it, you know, you think about coaches. I don't know about you, but every coach I had high school, uh, the ones at college before before I end up staying here at, at AM, man, they like to yell at you, right? And they like to get on you. But it was okay because you knew you knew that, that was that you knew it was okay because you knew that they lo- they really loved you and they cared about you and they did things for you, right? Like you mentioned the outside the classroom study that y'all did. It wasn't just about basketball. For them, it wasn't just Absolutely. about winning games. It's about you know conducting and building good men, right? And so when you get into the professional arena, I think that it's, it's a different mindset, right? You're probably not gonna have any bosses that walk in screaming at you, but you want to know you right. got bosses who number one care about you as a person, and number two care about you professionally that they can kind of help you build up to be that kind of man you want to be or that that salesman Absolutely. you want to be. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's always great to have a person of integrity, you know, work with you. It's always great to have a teacher who has integrity, a teacher who understands where you come from, your struggles, and they may be tough on you because um, there are business, you know, bosses, quote unquote, or advisors, managers who are tough. But, you know, it's important to to know how to deal with that because customers can be tough. Dealing with clients can be tough, you know, having an issue at home with the family and still having to go to work, that's tough. And so if you've never had to have the challenge of going through anything tough, it's going to be hard to be an entrepreneur. It's going to be hard to work in any business or any field. And so having that tough love is always, for me, it's constructive because it allowed allowed me to be able to focus during chaos. And it's the same thing in business. There's going to be, you know, quarters, some quarters like you know are tougher than others. And you know, when it's that last quarter and you need to have a certain amount of sales or a certain amount of numbers, that can be stressful. But it's important to have that that teacher, um, that guru, that mentor to push you and not to allow you to stay in your comfort zone. Because anything good, any good company, any big company goes through trials and goes through struggles and then there's a breakthrough. But if you always quit before that breakthrough, you can never, you know, reach those milestones that every business person wants to reach you know everyone wants to get you know a hundred thousand sales then a quarter million sales then it's half a million so then a million then you know a million and a half all the way you know up and up and up and up and up but if you always stop you know it's gonna be tough to get a hundred thousand sometimes if you quit right there you can never get to a million you know and so if you if you if you quit every time something gets hard you know you will never get there so it's great to have those coaches to push you you know, even when you might be tired, even when, you know, the numbers are not adding up. And they're like, figure it out. Instead of giving you the answers, they, they, you know, they force you to figure it out. And then as they see you're working hard to figure it out, then they can, you know, give you another gym. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, there's there's a ton of people in the world who can do a job. But there's not a whole lot of people right. who can who can do a job by themselves correctly without a lot of teaching, right, and, and build, build themselves up. So having that coach who believes in you or that, that – that boss who believes in you, but will will allow you to figure it out on your own. That's invaluable for sure. Um, absolutely, absolutely. You know, you mentioned you mentioned like tough times. You know, tell tell everybody here, tell everybody here about. I'm sure it wasn't easy all the time, right? In college, or mm-hmm. let's talk about that transition between college and the NBA. Let's talk about some of the struggles you had there, and then we can make some application from that. Well, one the first struggle was <laughs> it's funny going from. Cleveland to Miami. 
with with my uh, with my clothes. <laughs> you almost melted, huh? <laughs> Man, my clothes, all my jeans, all my shirts—they were too heavy. You know, sometimes I would see people wearing what I thought were jeans, and so you know, I went out one time and I had on some jeans, and I was man, I was melting, I was sweating, but and I had to realize, man, they got thin jeans, thin layered pants on, you know, thin layered shorts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mine are meant for like the winter and for the fall, and so my first time I wore a pair of jeans, man, I was so hot, I almost passed out, and so I had to get a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> that, was that was the struggle, huh? major struggle and then next was I don't even know if it was a problem but it was an adjustment of having that much free time because in college I didn't have a lot of free time you had class you had practice I had my individual workouts then you had you know we had to eat we had team meetings you know so study time obviously to study you know study for the game and study for your test and so having that much free time in Miami that was an adjustment. Those, those, those were the biggest adjustments. And then no one's going to make you work out when you're a professional athlete. Yeah, they, know, just, no one, the co- they just they expect the results. You, yeah, when you come, I mean, they give you the option of working out, but the coach is not going to blow your phone up and say, you know, why you're not in the gym? I didn't see you getting your shots up today. No one, that's never going to happen. But when they put you out there in practice, they expect you to be in shape. When they put you out there in practice, they expect you to know the plays. And then if, if you're able to get past that, when they get you out there in the game, they expect you to have results in the game. And so that discipline that came from Cleveland State allowed me to get in the gym. And by being in the gym, I'm able to talk to people like Pat Riley. I'm able to talk to people like Jawan Howard. I'm able to talk to people like, you know, Ray Allen and things like that because those guys are in there. They're in the gym. So – if you're not in the gym, you can't get that knowledge. And so having that free time and having that discipline to still go to the gym, you know, that was that was an adjustment, but that was great. Because in college, if you don't show up to the gym, the coach will blow your phone up. The coach will come pick you up and bring you to practice. <laughs> but, you know, which I didn't need that. But I had teammates that, you know, coach called. Oh, yeah, Where I had you to at? stay on them. Yeah, get outside. I'm on my way. I'm picking you up right now. But in the NBA, no one's going to do that. You know, you you're a professional now. They expect you to conduct yourself in a professional manner. So that was a that was a that was a nice adjustment that I saw. Yeah, absolutely. And the money part, the the making money, that was also a <laughs> that was a little different than uh, you know, Cleveland State. Make, yeah, yeah, that was a big, big, big adjustment. Come on now, man. You know they pay. Knowing what to do. You know they pay superstars <laughs> like Norris Cole at Cleveland State. They had to, they had to give you a little nah, something nah. to get there. No, 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 no. Cleveland State small school. Oh uh, man, low major. You know, mid mid major. We you know we weren't banking like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're not a Texas. <laughs> you're not a Texas A&M or anything. You know. Right. Hey, hey, hey. Now, I mean, shout out to Texas A&M, but hey, listen. Hey. We're second to none at Cleveland State. We're second to none. I know that, but we're gonna have to get. You know, you're coming back down here for a football game in the fall whenever we get full capacity back. So. I definitely will be back down at College Station. I enjoyed my time at College Station. Oh yeah, man. Well, <laughs> hey, um, I mean, look, we can't we can't do this without talking about some of the people you played with, right? And we talked about mentors, so let's bring that back for a minute. You played with yeah. guys like LeBron James, all right? And mm-hmm. we won't we won't have the M- MJ LeBron debate here, right? Me and you had that conversation personally, so it's all good. I know where we stand. Uh, we right, got, there's no debate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So we got we got Michael Jordan. I mean, not Michael. We got LeBron James. Yeah, you, we got Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Jawan Howard, Mike Miller, Ray Allen, Pat Riley, Eric Spolster. You got a bunch of people like that that's all, that are around you. So let's just let's talk yeah. about the big three that were there when you're there. How did those guys 
influence you as a young player? And let's talk about the mentorship now between, not between boss and employee, but more between, um, you know, higher level employee and, and newbie, right? And how do you, how do you get yes. to where they are? What do they teach you? Well, one, it's on you as the newbie to have an open mind of learning. It's like nothing is worse when you have a new guy come in and think they know everything. You know, having that humble mindset and coming in ready to work is why they were able to open up to me and, you know, teaching me some of those things uh, because I was open to it and humble enough. And I asked them questions. I, you know, I wasn't one of those guys that was nervous. You know, when I seen them, I asked them questions. <laughs> you know, how'd you do that? You know, what were you thinking right there? And that allowed them to open up to me like, man, this young fella, he want to learn something. Let me show him. And, and that's one thing that they showed me. They showed me how to be a pro. Um, when the cameras were watching and when the cameras were not watching. They knew what to say when the cameras were on, when the cameras were watching, how to conduct themselves. But behind the scenes, they were always doing the right thing so that when the camera came on, they could perform. You know, they, they were in shape. You know, they, they got treatment to make sure that they were healthy. They put their reps up in the gym. You know, they managed their business life so that their business life didn't overtake their court life. They kept the main thing the main thing. They had their life in order. You know, with their family, the court, and then their off-the-court business. And so seeing them being able to organize that, just seeing that, I learned a lot. But then when I asked them actual questions, like how they do their time management, um, like like LeBron, his whole day is on a schedule. From what time he wakes up to what time he eats breakfast to what time his first stretch is to what time his, you know he gets his, his reps up to what time his recovery starts all the way through the evening, lunch, dinner. You know, he lives his life on a schedule. You know, and not everyone obviously is not particular as he is, but that's why he's the best player in the game. But, you know, he, he lives his life on a schedule and he doesn't break that schedule unless it's like a emergency or something, you know. And that's what I learned from him, his discipline and everyday routine. With D-Wade, I learned to think outside the box. D-Wade thinks outside the box. He doesn't think like everyone else. You can tell by the way he dresses. You can tell by the way he expresses himself. You can tell by his lifestyle that he thinks outside the box. He's not trying to be like everyone else. And that has allowed him to be successful in business off the court as well. When he signed that lean-in deal, you know, that wasn't the necessarily popular thing to do because, remember, he had a Jordan deal. Yeah. But he, he thought outside the box. He was very creative. He met the right people, created great relationships, and boom, signed a mega deal, you know, for a mega shoe company, had his own brand with lean Ning. And so he, he thinks outside the box. And so that's what allows me, I learned from him, Look at things outside the norm. And when you look at things outside the norm, that's how special entrepreneurs become special, by not doing what everyone else is doing. And then Chris Bosch, I learned from him, just be yourself. He's the most secure individual I've ever met from everyone. You know, people talk about him all the time, about how awkward he is or how he looks funny or whatever, this or that. Man, he's secure in who he is. And I, and I always liked that and appreciated that. He doesn't, he doesn't care what anyone says. As long as his family knows who he is and his loved ones know who he is and his teammates, man, that's all he cared about. And because he was that secure, that allowed him to be who we needed him to be on our team and play a big role in us winning the championship. And so, you know, LeBron's discipline, day-to-day routine, D-Wade thinking outside the box, and Chris Bosh, his authenticity, you know, those three things I learned. And all three of those things help you in business. Absolutely. You know, it's fascinating listening to that because – Sometimes, you know, in the business world, people get the the bad rap of being the guy who's a, they're the LeBron James, right? They're the superstar. 
and they don't want to share mm-hmm. anything with anybody. They don't want to tell people how they got to where they are. They're they're a little, you know, afraid somebody else is going to take take their job or whatever it might be. But you need to find you a company to where you can get a LeBron and a D-Wade and a Chris Bosh, right, who can, who can all teach you and are willing to teach you. I think so many times, you know, young people look for jobs, and maybe it's just corporate America, right? And they're looking mm-hmm. for a job at a big company, good pay, good salary, and they're not thinking of, number one, a way up. And they're not number two, not thinking of the, the environment that they're going to put themselves in to where you got to have an environment where people are going to be willing to teach you and willing to work with you and make you better and better. And, you know, just like sports where you're there and you're, you know, talking to these these Hall, hall of Famers. Right. And you're they're mm-hmm. teaching you things in business as a young person going into a business. You, that's something you need to look for in a job you take is making sure you have people who are going to be there to mentor you and to teach you. Not only the bosses, not not only the people who are over you and manage you, but also the people who are right there with you in the day to day, you know, getting the job done, letting them give you some tips and tricks along the way. I think that's a that's a huge deal. It is, and it doesn't have to be a big company all the time. You know, sometimes, you know, you, like you have to be authentic to who you are. And if you're a person that doesn't work well in big bigger crowds where there's a lot of people, the ratio on the floor doesn't fit you, you might have to go to a boutique antique company, you know? Now, nothing is wrong with that. The, the main thing is when you, wherever you go, whatever job you go to, make sure you go with an open mind, ready to learn. And when you meet a person who's there, who has experience, you know, talk to them. You know, not everyone is going to be your mentor, but you can, you know, you know, talk to, you know, a person who's been there maybe 10, 15 years before you even talk to the boss. You know, talk to a person who's been there who has some years of experience and they can give you they can give you nuggets. And then as you work, continue to work your way up, you may get a chance or two to talk to the big boss. And, you know, when you talk to them and you ask them intelligent questions and when you are authentic to who you are, they'll know. You know, there's nothing like I remember my first time I asked a question. I forget what it was, but it was like a very direct question like it was like a no beat around the bush question and the veterans looked at me like young fella i like that like you just keep it real and i was like <laughs> yeah I just, you know I'm, and it's and most people don't know that most successful businessmen that's how they are like if you go to elon musk don't ask him some little funny question beating around the bush ask the question that you want to ask him elon how did you do that right what were you thinking and they respect you for it, but most people don't know that. But I know that because I've spoken to those individuals before. I ask those questions, and, and that's one of the things they tell you: like, don't waste my time. And so, if you're a young person and you get a chance to talk to the boss, don't small talk him. Ask him what you want to know. Absolutely. You know, don't ask. Obviously, you don't ask for like handouts. No one, you know, don't ask for no handout. But when it's t- when you're talking about knowledge and you want to learn something, you know, don't 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 spend your time praising them and giving them small talk, ask them what you need to know and what you're trying to know. And then that's how they'll know to take you serious. And then they'll bring you along. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's, you have to, you have to make sure that when you get around those people, right? Like you said, LeBron's days on a schedule, right? He only has so many, he only has so many hours of practice for Norris to ask him questions. You know what I mean? So you got to make sure right, when you right. ask those questions that, that they're questions that matter and that they're going to help you out in the long term. And that means that means you got to think about it before, right? Which is literally what this podcast is. Hey, guys. About. Welcome to the One and Done Podcast, where it's all about young people being successful in business right? early in life. You, if you we're recording today from the Rollo Insurance that, Studio in College Station, Texas, and we're excited to have you all with us you today. You think through things better, and you have, you have better answers because you have better questions, right? Before we get into Norris... 
the businessman, right, as we wrap up. We got to talk about my favorite play ever. You know what play I'm talking about, don't you? Which one? Oh, man. The Jason Terry? The Jason Terry, man. I just the saw Jason a video. <laughs> I just saw a video on that the other day. Like, it was on Jason Terry talking about the oh, lob, man. and I was like, oh, I got to watch it because my man Norris threw that lob. So, yeah, what's going man. through your head during that play? And just for everybody, just well, everybody, the background of that play, right? There is is it in the playoffs? I can't even remember. It's in the it's in the playoffs. Eastern Conference Boston. Finals, right? Uh, it might be the Eastern Conference semis. Semis, okay. Either way, yep. They we, get a we steal. D Wade gets a steal. Throws it up to my boy Norris. He lobs it up, and LeBron literally ended Jason Terry's career that day, right? Jason Terry, ama- <laughs> amazing player, but LeBron ended his career that day, right? He, he should just walked out the gym that day. Uh, crazy. If you if you haven't seen it, just Google like you know. LeBron Duncan on Jason Terry. It'll be everywhere. It's it's the greatest play sure. of Miami Heat history. Even though I've cheered against y'all like every single year. But nah, the, Ray Allen, the Ray Allen shot. The Ray Allen shot is number one. Okay, that one's good too. Your your reaction yeah, in that yeah. one is is uh second to none. Yeah. You got like you yeah. know, fifty inch vertical on that one that one jump on the sideline over there. But t- Man, what crazy. was going through your head on both of those plays? Let's talk about both of those. Well, on the Jason Terry play, I had just turned it over. <laughs> so I was trying I was trying to get that steal. And so when I turned it over, I stayed in front of him, which allowed – and so he had to try to make a move on me, and that allowed D-Wade to back-tip it and get the steal. And so he back-tipped it. I think Rio got it and then threw it to D-Wade. D-Wade threw it to me, and then I, you know, lobbed it up there. I seen LeBron trailing. I was going to lay it up, but I seen LeBron running, trailing, and I'm like, there's no way if I throw this ball up, Jason Terry's going to get it. You know, so I just – you know, it just instincts kicked in. I seen LeBron in my peripherals. He had a full head of steam running. You know, I attacked Jason Terry as if I was going to go, and I threw it, you know, I lobbed it up. And when I lobbed it up, you know what happened, you know. <laughs> From there, it was just, you know, boom. <laughs> there you go, turn it, turning a mistake into a highlight. I and, like I, and, and I didn't, and I, and I, we didn't know that that play was going to be, like, trending 10 years later. Like, people still talk about that play that happened yesterday. Like, we had no idea. Like, I didn't even celebrate on the play, like. I threw it up. He dunked on him. Like, it's not the first time I've seen somebody, you know, LeBron dunk on somebody. Yeah, right. Like, and it's the playoffs. So, you know, we locked in. LeBron didn't celebrate. Nobody celebrates except the bench, obviously. But I'm like, man, that's crazy. He dunked on him. But next play. And then after the game, everyone's talking about it. Then the next year. And then the next year. And the next year. And so, like, on social media, every time it's the anniversary of that play, ESPN Sports Center, they show it. Or anytime they talk about playoff moments, it's in like there. When the playoffs start this year, they're going to show it again this year. So it's kind of funny that, you know, it's, it's like the most special play that people remember. Like, people remember who are children. Like, people who are, like, kids in elementary school and high school, they're adults now. <laughs> and they talk about that play. It's oh, so, man. It's like kind of, well, hey, kind no, of crazy. No, you know, look, not talking bad about nobody, but I don't know if you saw yeah, a dunk contest crazy. last night or you were asleep already. You're probably asleep already, but that dunk was about – 50 times better than anything in that dunk contest last night. So that was. Oh, man. Don't, don't do that. Hey, man. It would have won. It would have won. I mean, yeah. I mean, just about anything LeBron's going to do is going to get. That's true. It's going to get some recognition. Know. Right, right, right. For sure. But all right, man. Well, hey, as we wrap up today, talk to me about Norris Cold, the businessman, right? Tell us about some stuff you're into. Tell us about some, some, uh, after your, after your career ends, things you're wanting to get into, and then some, the mindset that you're taking from your professional career into that business mind and, and changing it into that business mindset as you enter in. 
obviously as an athlete, I know eventually my career is going to come to an end a lot sooner than the average maybe businessman's career is. You know, people can work to their, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old. But as an athlete, you know, it's safe to say that that's, that's not going to happen. You know, mid-30s, you know, early 40s, career's over as far as an athlete is concerned in basketball. And so, you know, I had to find I had to find out what I like. At first, I didn't know what I like to do, you know. But then I I realized I like talking about sports, and so I started doing podcasts. And you know, I'm That's on right. Shout out, podcasts. shout out to your podcast right now. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna I have a podcast called the the Believe Podcast, and then I also have my, my other podcast that I was doing during the summertime, you know, during the pandemic, um, with um, Chris Johnson and Swiss Culture. Um, but right now. I believe I like media and doing podcasts and talking about sports. And then I also, I'm into real estate. Oh, yeah. And, you know, real estate is something that at first I didn't know much about. And I still don't know that much about, but I, I've learned a lot over the years. I do a lot of study and a lot of researching. And one thing that everyone, if they have a chance, is to own some land or own some property. You know, that's, that's something that's invaluable owning land there's not going to be any more earths so if you can own a piece of land you know it can definitely profit you in multiple ways and i learned that through real estate you can rent the land out you can sell the land you can grow natural resources on the land and sell them you know you can put a home or put multiple homes on the land you know there's so many ways of income from real estate from land and then from properties you know learning how to get tax breaks from properties and you know capital gains tax how to avoid getting hit so heavy you know buying the property renting it out and then when the property you know when it appreciates you know sell it and take the gains from that sale and put it into multiple other properties so that you don't get hit with the capital gains tax all these things you learn in real estate so you know real estate is something that i i've become very passionate in you know i was able to be fortunate to get a couple properties and you know, I'm getting my practice in now. You know, I'm not an expert yet, but I'm getting my practice in now. And I, the fact that I have my, my main job, you know, playing professional basketball, if I do make a mistake, I can recover, <laughs> which, is, right. which, is, which, is, which is why it's important to have multiple streams of income. Um, and that was my strategy, actually. When I got into real estate, I said I want to do it now while I'm still playing so that, you know, if I do make some mistakes or – you know, God forbid something happens, you know, I can recover from it. Um, and, and so that's that's what I'm into, you know, podcasts, speaking about sports, speaking about um, how sports and life correlate with each other. And, and real estate is something that I'm in. Uh, that's something that I'm, I'm very much into. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I know you're going to be successful. You're going to be back in uh, Miami with those uh with those thin, thin layer jeans on, huh? Selling some real estate whenever the career ends. So. Man, I'm going to be all over the country because, you know, Florida is a good place for real estate, obviously. You know, Texas is not bad either. It's not. Hey, you know, I remember the first day, man, I met you. Picked this man up from the airport. We driving out to the house, oh, and he's like, how, how many acres you got? He's like, what? Y'all got cows on these land? Oh, man, it was awesome. So, you man, can, listen, natural resources, man. A, man, listen, that's when you learn perspective is everything. Man, I, I had a, I, I had a property up in Ohio, man. People was telling me how how big and how nice the property was, and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty nice. Like, yeah, you're right, you might be right. Come down to Texas, uh, you was like, yeah, the little little 100 acres, and I was like, 
say that one more time. Bro. You said <laughs> one acre or one hundred acres. Said, yeah, hundred acres. That's no, that's no, that's nothing down here. That's that's when I learned perspective of everything. Oh <laughs> man, yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. All time Norris Cole moment right there for sure. But man, as we get I still off, tell people about that. As we get off, tell everybody about your nonprofit. I think that's I think that's a phenomenal thing. Something that that uh. The more the more we get to work together and, and, and you know be friends, I'm trying to make sure I, I help you out in that endeavor. Let's tell everybody about that a little bit as we as we end today. Yeah, so I, I started the Norris Cole Foundation. I started it off in uh, my home state of Ohio and in Florida, obviously where I, you know I had my first job working for the Heat, and it was just important for me to give back to those communities that gave me so much, and I have partnership with um, Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami. Um, big shout out to Gail Nelson, who's the president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami. Um, we have a you know, great you know, relationship with, with the kids down there and I was fortunate enough to have my basketball camp you know, down there in Miami, partner with Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami and I also was able to partner with um, the Dayton Salvation Army for my basketball camps, you know, my first you know, seven or eight years as a pro. You know, they allowed me to use the facilities and be able to have different campers and different instructors come in and, you know, just talk to the kids about life and about correlating life to basketball and giving them an ear, and letting them know I come from the same neighborhoods, the same teachers, the same schools that they come from, you know, come from the same walks of life. You know, I was just a regular guy walking around, you know, from Dayton looking for direction. And I was fortunate enough to have good parents and fortunate enough to have coaches that I listened to. And I worked my way to success. And that's that's the message that I, you know, I want to send to the kids. Um, just, I just want to give them the resources, whatever the resources that they need so that they can be um, successful. And that's what it's about. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm constantly looking forward to grow even more. You know, it's tough when, during the season and, you know, when I'm overseas not being able to be there physically. Um, but that's why it's important to have a good team team of individuals around. Absolutely. Well, man, I really appreciate you being on the show today. This is going to be one of our longer episodes, but it was because it was one of the better ones. So um, this uh, will not you. be the last time you're on the show. You know that, and uh, we'll have you back on here soon. Thank you. Shout out to the One and Done podcast, my man, Jack Rosso.